0: So we can begin in the name of the Father and of the Son. Anyway, um, I thought it was just something missing. The Holy Spirit, right? So we do this, like we pray all the time in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're Trinitarian people. We're Christians. And we know that we have one God and three persons, and we express that in the way that we pray. So as a kid, I remember once my mom said... I pray to the Holy Spirit specifically because I think he sometimes gets forgotten Because it's easy to remember God the Father You know that's you know You got a bit of an image with that and all of the Old Testament history leading up in the relationship between Jesus and the Father And it's pretty easy to pray to Jesus because you know we have the image in our head We know that he was live and lived on earth and he continues to live in us and through us but the Holy Spirit's a little different so what is the Holy Spirit and where was he throughout history? Well, that's actually a pretty long question But to give a shorter answer to that the word Holy Spirit literally comes from the Hebrew And it comes from the Greek in Hebrew. It's Rua and from Greek. It's Pneumatos. Those two words mean literally wind or breath so for example when Jesus is breathing on his disciples then that is the breath of God. It's the wind, the Holy Spirit, He breathes on them. And so that that actually parallels in the story of creation in a few ways. In the story of creation, you have the wind that's hovering over the water while God was creating the world through the Holy Spirit. And when you have God making human beings, he, He breathes His breath into Adam. And so that breath is the wind. It's the Holy Spirit that animates and gives life. Also, even in the imagery that we have, like for example, in the prophet Ezekiel, you have this this metaphor, this image, this vision of these dead bones being brought back to life. And the last thing that happens is that the the breath of God gets breathed into the human person and the person becomes alive again. And so the the breath or the spirit is something that animates and gives life to people. And it also is, is connected with the understanding of creation. But it's not just that, because uh, in the time of Moses, you have the Holy Spirit being that, uh, what was given to the prophets. And there was a time, actually, when these other prophets were prophesying in the name of Moses, and his followers said, hey, they're prophesying in your name. We have to stop them. And he said, no. He said, oh, that everyone would have the Spirit of God in them, and they would be prophets. And so this is something that was also seen As God speaking alive and active in the world and it's for that reason that if you look at the different prophets That it'll start out a lot of times that the Spirit of the Lord came upon me and then I spoke You know, so it's a spirit that animates the prophet and speaks through the prophet now in the book of Jeremiah uh, We have an additional part of the Holy Spirit And that is the Holy Spirit is what gives us the law of God on our hearts. And it helps what we have from God to be something that lives within us. It's not something that's imposed from without, but it's something that comes from within because the Spirit of God is within us. And then it comes out of us as as a faithful follower of, of God. And so this was considered what the Messiah would do when he came. So Jeremiah, hundreds of years before Jesus was prophesying that when the messiah comes he's going to give us a new spirit that will animate and put the law of god in our hearts and help us to not only know what we should do but give us the strength and the courage and the gifts we need so that what god wants us to do comes from within and gets lived out with us as people of faith and so this is what jesus brings when we hear that first reading You've got the the Spirit of God coming down upon the disciples and It animates them and then they get sent out into the world to bring that message of Jesus's death and resurrection to the people around them and This is the beginning of the church the beginning of the church and the age of the church going out into the world to bring that good News of Christ to all people and the Spirit of course is essential to that happening this is also a fulfillment of what the Messiah would do when he came and so all of this, of course, is, is a description of who the Holy Spirit is and how the Spirit has worked throughout what we call salvation history. But again, there was a, a good friend of mine, and uh, his name's Heiko. Well, anyway, Heiko, I remember him once saying, yeah, but it's kind of hard to fall in love with wind. You know? He's got a point there, right? It still seems a little abstract. Well, I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago that... I'm kind of a, a man of science, reason, logic. Um, I want things to fit together and to be systematic, and, and, and I want to be able to understand things, you know. So, so for me, the faith began as something that was logical, reasonable, philosophically. It held together, it was systematic, and I, that's what I still love about the Catholic faith, you know, that, that you can bring your reason, your logic, and everything into it, and it makes sense. Um, but it can't just be logic and reason and that sort of thing there has to be something more when when i was in college i was part of this charismatic prayer group and i think that was probably the first time where i understood the heart part of the faith you know because you got the mind part of the faith but there's the heart part of the faith you know that that to understand something about someone is one thing but to know them and 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 to love them and to To allow this the spirit to make that happen in our own lives and hearts is something totally different Because without the Holy Spirit, we really do not have a complete faith And so what do we have without the Holy Spirit? Well, I have some images of that Um, The one thing that we have is we have Bob Of course, you don't know who Bob is you have no idea what I'm talking about right now But when I was living in San Diego, I was going to college down there um, I was working at a supermarket, and Bob was one of the tellers at the supermarket, and he was also in college at the time. And so I said, "Hey, Bob, what are you studying? What are you, you going to do when you know with college?" He goes, "Oh, I'm studying to be a teacher." And I said, "Oh, I said that's great. You like kids, then?" He goes, "No, no, I don't like kids." <laughs> like, but you're studying to be a teacher, right? It's like doesn't that kind of go with the territory? He's like, no, I just kind of like time off. You know, I get the summers off, and I'll get all the vacation time. I'll get weekends off. And uh, the way I look at it, you know, it's like it's kind of a good life. All right, God bless you, Bob. You know, I don't think it's going to work, you know. (laughs) Anyway, I have no idea what happened to Bob, but I can pretty much guarantee you he is not a teacher today. (laughs) You know, or not having the Holy Spirit is like when I was in Jerusalem once. And I ran into a group of Christians, and I was talking to them because they just happened to be from southern Oregon where I was from. And uh, so anyway, as we started talking, I said, hey, have you been to the Holy Sepulchre? You know, the, the, the place where Jesus was crucified, where he died and where he rose from the dead, and you can still go there today and you can see these places. And, and they say, eh, we, we never got around to it. I'm like, you went all the way to Jerusalem and you never got around to going where Jesus died and rose from the dead? Well, that's like no Holy Spirit, right? It's like you would go to Jerusalem and, and not even bother going, going to that sort of thing. All right, so the last one I'll give you as an example. There was a group. I should you tell you what. I'm not going to tell you the name of the group. If anyone guesses it, I'll give them a prize. But, but it's a uh, group from 1990, and they had a song. And in this song, it had a description. It said, she says my work is like eating cold oatmeal. Yesterday's oatmeal, day after day. Anyone know that song? It's obscure, I'm telling you. So, But anyway, okay, the name of the group is Poi Dog Pondering. But anyway, don't worry about that. But anyway, that is what life is like without the Holy Spirit. It's like eating a day-old cold oatmeal day after day. So God does not want that from us. Now, there was a cardinal in the early 1970s, late 60s, early 70s. His name was Cardinal Sunens. So Cardinal Sunens wrote a short little book called what is the Holy Spirit and in this book he was contrasting What the church looks like with the spirit? Versus what the church looks like without the spirit and so anyway, I'd like to read it. It's it's fairly short So without the Holy Spirit God is far away Christ stays in the past the gospel is a 2,000 year old dead book The church is simply a political and social organization. Authority is a matter of domination. Mission is a matter of propaganda, manipulation, and coercion. The liturgy is an empty ritual. Christian living and morality is slave submission. All right, now, you may have noticed this interpretation of the church when you watch the news or when you read about it by people who know nothing about it or when you see about it or hear about it through social media because people who don't have the spirit they interpret all things religious in this manner and Because of that they they it's, it's almost like there was a time when uh, I knew someone really really well And I heard someone else talking about the person like oh he's so mean You know he's so he's so angry and he does all these horrible things And I actually knew the person they were talking about and I'm like I have no idea who you're talking about but that's not the person I know. Well, it's similar, isn't it? When you hear people talk about, oh, this terrible church, you know there are sinners in the church? You know, the human condition, they are sinners. You know, and they, they expect us to be surprised about it. You're kidding me, they are sinners? You know, it's like, you mean like me? You know, it's like none of this makes sense. But with the Holy Spirit, we can see things totally different. God is alive and acting in the world. The risen Jesus Christ is present here and now. The gospel powerfully gives life and inner peace. The church is the body of Christ in action. Authority is a liberating service. Mission is joyful sharing of God's gift. The liturgy connects us to God and one another. Christian living is a loving and life-giving way of life. Does that sound like a better description? See, we need the Holy Spirit. Now, you may wonder, well, how do we get the Holy Spirit? Well, the good news is that in your baptism and confirmation we receive the Holy Spirit and those gifts of the Spirit That's where we are reborn in the new covenant and it also is where we receive these various gifts and so uh, What I would like to suggest is this week pray specifically to the Holy Spirit Asking God to give you those particular gifts and as 2nd Timothy says to fan and to flame the gifts that we've received So what are those gifts? Well, think about how useful these would be in your life. So, the first one is fortitude the strength to say and to do what you know is right and what is good. So, the second one, understanding the ability to understand how things are, like God sees them. The third one is counsel. You know, when we're struggling with what to say and, and, and how to. Uh, Articulate, you know, we need that gift of counsel to help us to do that Knowledge Well, wouldn't it be great if we knew what was real and what was true and we had that true knowledge that comes from God? We also have piety You know the, the the ability not to put on a show but but to authentically love God and to be able to express it in the way that we live And then wisdom Oh, well it's one thing to have a bunch of information. It's another thing to be wise, you know, to actually understand the context. You know, with well, those gifts of the Spirit, well, wisdom is part of that as well. And then the last one's fear the Lord. So it doesn't mean we're afraid of the Lord, to be scared of the Lord. What it means is, is we are humble before the Lord, and we understand how, how great and awesome He truly is, and we know our place and relationship with Him uh, as a person of humility. So these are gifts that the Lord gives us, but we kind of have to put them into practice. It's like exercise, you know, once you start doing something, then more and more you start seeing that come into practice and, and being fulfilled in us. So at the, the last Mass that I was at, there was a, a couple who came in that I I didn't know that they were in town or anything. They just kind of showed up for Mass. Good friends of mine from Southern Oregon as well. And anyway, I was thinking like, well, the Spirit's kind of like that too. It's like unexpected. that That the great thing about Being Alive in the spirit and allowing your faith to be alive in the spirit is you see these little surprises in life You know things that God does that you wouldn't expect it's greater than you could have imagined and that's what faith is all about That's what the spirit brings us. So when we celebrate Pentecost Let's make sure that we don't fall into that first camp and really totally and misinterpret What our faith is supposed to do but ask for the spirit to help us so that we can fall into that second camp where the The faith that we have and the Lord that we love is brought out and live in ourselves and our families and in our church.